Welcome everyone to Authentic Guest Blog. My name is Sun. This is Yelena. Hello. Hello. Okay, so we just had like a two-hour discussion and now we're actually getting into the meat of it. Um, so we came up with an idea for Carousel, but you didn't like... So the idea is we're, we're, we're trying to... Overall idea is like, hey, like as a therapist, you always feel like you need to have the answer, give advice, and when somebody... Well, and you need to give, keep giving you those advices. But the example is, you know, that kid that always have raised their hand every question the teacher has. Nobody likes that kid, even the teacher. The truth is nobody likes a smart ass. So stop trying to impress people by giving advice. And trying to be impressive is not... Um, trying to be impressive is not impressive. But while we were talking about that, you brought up the fact that uh, I don't know if I can say that, right? So can yeah. you explain that? Like what, what is the reason why you, you don't feel comfortable saying that? Yes. Um, one reason for that is because um, I need to, um, it kind of sounds like a strong message to say to another colleague because um it sounds like I'm criticizing them. And um, in my mind, I'm thinking about the therapist that would, uh, or coaches that would read that and maybe find themselves there. And I would like to have a good relationship with uh, the community I'm in, like the community of therapists and coaches. So those are two separate things, right? One is because you want to maintain this relationship. Yes. And the other one, the first one was that you don't want to sound like what? I mean, it's, um, so for me, this is, uh, if I am criticizing them, uh, it implies that I'm affecting, uh, our relationship with, uh, other therapists. This is uh, on my mind. So, and the second thing is, um, that, uh, this is advice that I need. Which to part of that, sorry, which part of that, what we just said? Do you think is the criticism? Do you think it's like the worst part? Just, like, just the fact like that I'm addressing hey therapists and coaches. If it's like random thing for people that want to look smart, this is good. I don't mind. But only if I'm like pinpoint to them. What's the difference? Um, I guess. Uh, the thing that uh, I am separating myself from from them because this is advice I also need to hear from time to time. That I okay, then maybe it's the, maybe that's how you word it. Maybe instead of saying you, say we. I actually think that's a really good point. Okay, I I, I do that a lot actually. I catch myself like a lot of the times I I don't say you should do that. You should do that. Sometimes I say, you know, we as humans tend to be this way. So we need to do this. Well, this puts uh, a lot of pressure from my chest because uh, then um, I don't have like higher, high expectations that I need to like fulfill that. Like I'm in the same place like them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's uh, yeah, that, so you, so you, what you're saying is you just don't want to sound like you're you're preaching, 
or you you don't want to sound like you're better than them and that's exactly. why you're giving exactly. the advice yeah exactly you you want to include yourself so just then all you got to do is use the word we instead of you <laughs> hey you know as therapists and co coaches we tend to always you know love to give advice blah 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 yes but you know you know that kid that well nobody likes them so nobody likes us now smart ass yes so let's try to stop trying to impress you know or something like that but other than that the the, the message itself is not it's not like the message itself you think is is gonna offend the therapist mm, i guess if i I think that this is the the main reason if I separate myself from from the message or if I'm in the message. So uh I guess this is it. In mm -hmm. the first place when I was uh when the idea was not to mention therapists and coaches and just talk in general. Yeah. It's too broad, too general, so you kind of you know, it's not so specific. So. Okay, so let's think about that. Why is it that when it's general, you don't feel like preachy? Mm, I guess that's because it's common sense. So people get it. Um, well, if it's common sense, it should, it should work for a therapist too. I mean, like it, really, sounds, though, it sounds less personal when you criticize uh, society and when you criticize a specific profession. So, like when you when you criticize when you talk criticize therapists, it sounds maybe like you're you're like a more experienced therapist. Yes, yeah. Trying to this, teach this is the main problem. A younger therapist. Yes, this is the main problem because if I imagine right now that I'm criticizing doctors and I could criticize them, mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with that. But if I criticize therapists, then I have a problem because I am also part of the problem. I see. Yeah, maybe the one time we should dig a little bit deeper into this topic because I I feel like one of the reasons why um, like one thing I wish I could teach everyone okay show people is for them to like literally give zero fucks when they make this content and honestly really say what they want to say without any worry about what other people are going to think what other what other people in my industry is going to think like literally don't zero fucks and just completely saying what you want to say the way you want to say it right okay so this is your goal right no 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 like i, I would love I would love for people to actually get there and try it and then see the see the reaction to that like yeah. for a prolonged period of time let's say uh, yeah, for a I month or something like that i don't know why i have the vibe that you need to be in some 
to really know what you're speaking about or having that uh, responsibility of uh, saying whatever you want. Because, I mean, you're speaking about, uh, I don't know, like average teenager that is uh, posting uh, content every day on whatever topic. But um, if you if you look from the perspective of quality, this is uh, not a material that has any anything like meaningful for people that are consuming it. So in my mind, it's, it comes with a lot of, you know, expertise. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's, I think it comes... I think a lot of the reasons why people censor themselves okay. or edit themselves is kind of a, it's kind of like what you just said about, like, I, I don't want my colleagues to think blah, whatever it is. I think it's a lot of that where, um, you know, it's very actually related to that uh, Gabriel Mate's thing where she talks about attachment authenticity, mm-hmm. where as a, as a child, you know, we, we need attachment from adult, like when, yeah. from adult, we need that to show that this person cares and blah, blah, blah. And then we, we also need to be authentic. But what happens is as a child, we give up our authenticity in order to seek approval for to get yeah for the attachment right Mm -hmm. now and then you grow up what happens is that then you're doing the same thing you're giving up your authenticity i don't want to say this because i don't want my i don't want my colleagues to to think of me this way yeah i don't want to get you know what i mean i don't want to say this because i don't want other designers to say that and i think even that comes from and i would love to see what happens when you really are being completely authentic in your content and just saying however you want to say it and then kind of see the result of that it's almost like uh it'll be interesting to see what they learn from that because i think what they'll learn is that your colleagues don't give a shit (laughs) that they don't they don't they're not going to judge you for it and they a lot of them will actually agree with you and it'll even get to a point where um, one of the best things about you saying whatever you want on social media, mm-hmm. it's kind of like this. Like It's like even with your friends, if you say whatever you want and then some of your friends stop hanging out with you because of that, great. Now you figure out who your real friends are. Okay, so did you sometimes regret because you did something, uh, you posted something, or you kind of... Yeah, but that means if I regret, that means it wasn't authentic. But it was authentic at that moment, right? Yeah, it it, it it was authentic at that moment, but it's kind of like, I don't know if you were in the small group meeting, but... One of the things that we talked about is you don't like your gut, your intuition 
if you're listening to your gut and your intuition to tell you what's authentic to you, okay. it's not always going to be right. But over time, it becomes more correct. So for example, like the example that I give is, you know, when I was, when I was 19 years old, my intuition told me, oh, I just want to sit here and, you know, smoke some weed and just watch TV all day. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to class. Mm-hmm. That was my gut feeling, right? My intuition, my authentic self told me that. But after doing that for a while, I felt miserable. Mm-hmm. But when I did wake up early, go to the gym and go be productive and things like that, that actually made me feel much more happier and fulfilled. So over time, over time, my intuition now knows that, yeah, I want to sit here and just <laughs> do nothing and be lazy. But my intuition knows that that's, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think over time, your, your intuition learns like that. Your, your gut learns those things unknowingly. Okay. So, so do you, would you, did you go back to your post, for example, that you regret you posted and did you delete it? I'm trying to see if there's any post that I, I mean, like, for example, the first carousel that I posted now looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds like, so I can kind of feel like the ego in that post, like me trying to prove myself and like trying to, you know, name drop and all these kind of things. And looking back, um, yeah, I guess back then, maybe that wasn't my, maybe it was my ego that was doing that. And it was, I wasn't really being authentic fully in that post. Would I go back and remove it? No. I, you know what I even did? Do you feel embarrassed I even reached... when you, when you look at that post? Yeah, it feels, it feels cringe. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, I even reshare that post. I don't know if you remember recently, like a couple months ago. I reshared that post and I even talked about how cringe this is and how, how fucking I can smell the ego like in this post and like how, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even though it was, it's embarrassing. Okay. So I did it anyway. Did that affect, uh, did that affect your confidence in the, in this area? that you're working? My confidence in what? In what area? Your confidence in, in like how, how good you, you see yourself in, in your skill of writing carousels and marketing advices and so on. No, I don't think it, it changes anything. Because I, yeah, no, it didn't really change anything. Mm. The confidence is kind of like, you know, the the, the weird thing is. When, from what, uh, how long ago that post? Uh, Like three years ago years ago so 
But I, I look at websites that I made like 10 years ago and it's like, yeah, there are some things that I did wrong there. But I don't feel... Maybe it's because I've been doing it for so long, right? And I, what you just made me realize is that if you have to think about confidence, oh, am I confident in this? Am I not confident in this? That probably means you're not confident. Because the things that you're really confident about, you don't even think that way about. For example, are you confident? Are you confident? Uh, are you confident in walking? Are you a good walker? <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Like when you were a baby and you first learned how to walk and your mom is like, yay, and you're like happy. Yeah. At that moment, you're thinking about confidence, but at some point, this becomes so second nature to you. And then even if you make a mistake or something like that, you don't feel embarrassed about. Do you understand what I mean? It's because it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, and that's how I think confidence works is that for me, yes, it's cringe, but for me, making carousels design, those things are like, it's kind of like breathing. Yeah, I might, I might mess up breathing sometimes. <laughs> Maybe I forgot to take a breath or whatever, blah, 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 but I, I don't feel ashamed about that. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, it, it seems like, you know, and it's only up to you if you are a good walker or not a good walker, it's up to you. But, uh, if, if you're not the only one in the process or somebody depends on, on your expertise and something, then um, I guess that, I mean, we all have evolving, we all evolve in life. So we are not the same and to everybody it's obvious. So if you're a therapist, if you're a coach, whatever you are, you are evolving. You're not the same person from the beginning to, till now, but it looks like you need to show like you are, even if you're a beginner, you need to look at least like uh, you know what you're doing because somebody somebody is depending on if you can do the the work or not so the thing is you never know when you are good so it means that the whole life you need to fake that you are good because you never know when is enough yeah yeah or you can just say yeah, I'm going to mistake. I'm going to make mistake. I'm going to be wrong sometimes or whatever it is. And that's okay. So the fact that you need to show like you're good enough means that whatever you see that you are, that something is like beginner version is the proof that you're not good enough because right now this is not like you're yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah. and now you, you have another step. Yeah. So, and I, I actually think that you, you do that long enough, you're going to get to a point where it's, it's like what I said before about scientists. The, the people who say, the people who are most comfortable saying, I don't know, are usually scientists. And it, it, they're usually the smartest people in the world. 
are usually the ones that feel most comfortable saying I don't know. Yeah. You know who feels the least comfortable saying I don't know? The dumbest people in the world. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So confidence, like. So the so to, is to how you, who are more, who's more confident? The dumb people who who has answered for everything. Or the smart people who says, I don't know all the time. Who's more confident? If we just measure confidence, then dumb people are yeah. more confident. No. Dumb people are less confident. That's why they feel the need to make up the wrong answer to give instead of saying, I don't know. The okay. scientists, the, okay, this the means smart people are so confident that they're confident enough to say, I, know. I don't know. I know. I know what you want to say. Yeah. No. So the main point that I see um, is how to accept actually changing version of yourself. So, I mean, these smart guys, they can say, I don't know. But if you actually show them what they said 10 years ago, because maybe on the same question they would have like yeah i know it's this theory probably they would feel maybe. they would feel embarrassed because of that fact that oh my god how ridiculous that was so yeah i mean i i think i i have that moments like where i go back but i don't feel embarrassed i actually yeah i don't feel embarrassed about my past self because yeah i'm, I'm willing to admit yeah i was a moron like, I actually like one of the first things that I say, I, I, and I truly believe this, like when I see younger people right now, like, you know, like when I see like a 25 year old employee that I have, like that kid is way smarter than me than when I was 25. Like I, when I was 25, I was, I was like a total loser. So, and I have no problem saying that because it's true and it's yeah i i actually think that if you have a problem saying that it's it, you're, you're almost putting your 25 year old self in a pedestal like oh look how cool i was trying to like you you have an expectation of how you want other people to look at you when you were 25 or something like that but I, I could really care less. And, and that it's, it's related to this thing where when you post something that, that is true in your heart that you believe and it's, you want to say it, but you hold yourself back, your authenticity back because you're afraid of like what these people might say. That's really not that different than that child. Yeah. holding their authentic self back in front of their parents. Yeah, true. And I, I would even argue that a lot of that actually comes from their childhood. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if somebody's like, if somebody's afraid to um, make anybody angry on social media, Maybe that's because their their parents were always angry, and it was your job to make make sure that you know you don't piss them off, right? So you always had to tiptoe around your parents. 
or if somebody's like needs to be really smart, maybe that's because every time you know when you said something incorrect or you got a B or C, your parents like punished mm. you, right? So, however we show up on social media, if we're not completely showing up exactly as ourselves. And we're hiding some parts of ourselves, or we're worried that some some parts of ourselves might offend somebody, or something like that. We should look into that because those things probably are coming from something that happened in our childhood. Yeah, I know that. Okay, so you made a point. Congratulations. <laughs> So, <laughs> yay! <laughs> um, okay. Wait, what did you want to say? No, nothing. So, we yeah, we can we can go go back. So this this dilemma attachment versus authenticity is what is bothering, I guess, uh, me and many other. Um, content creators um so i guess i'm thinking now what are the small steps to that and maybe this is like like this conversation okay so are you uh, are you suppressing your opinion just for the sake of uh, how you will look like is this really that serious okay so now I'm like, let's say a little bit more comfortable to do it. Not so happy because of it, but uh, it is what it is. So, um, yeah, it's like some kind of consolidation with the reality. So we can work on that carousel. <laughs> okay. Okay. So nobody likes a smart. I guess the final lesson of this is. Um, for somebody like that, what would you advise? Like, okay, first of all, were you there and how did you overcome that? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. mm, I don't know exact time because I was really aware of uh, how I will say something, so how I will be perceived. But I remember a uh, few colleagues. So I could see... I was learning by watching my colleagues. So you, you had a few colleagues that were all over the place. They always know the answer. So they're kind of, they really wanted to look smart. And comparison to that, uh, there are, there was one colleague that every time he was speaking about, um, about his subject that he, uh, brought, um, he was so like quiet and patient and uh, thoughtful that uh, I could really 
when I would ask him a question or if he can uh, give me some resources for for the subject he was talking about, every time he was so precise and detailed. So I learned about that. So maybe this was something, this kind of picture one, picture two. So I could see, um, I think this was changing much more how I would approach it. Um, then so you by looking at somebody else like yes. how they were doing yeah. it we can... yes yes okay. which is what we're trying to do here actually <laughs> we're trying to give the kid as an example to show them mm -hmm. so how so so yeah i guess no that's so that's good enough i guess like stop trying um nobody likes a smart ass because why they're trying to be impressive Yes. Um, they trying to they fight too hard to be the leader or something to be the the one. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. So we can end it at that. We're trying to trying to impress. It's not impressive. That could probably be the lesson. Trying to impress is not impressive. So stop trying. Maybe it should be more like direct, like stop trying to impress. That's not impressive. <laughs> Something like that. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. New therapist and okay, so I think these two are good. Nobody likes the smartest. Stop trying to impress. It's not impressive. That's how we can end it. Okay. And then we, how should we begin? Um, as, um, uh so we we kind of feel the pressure that we need to help by giving advices so i'm thinking okay that. yeah um maybe something like therapist do you feel mm -hmm. yeah as therapists and coaches we love giving advices. Um. No, I think here the point is that we're we think that that's going to help make us look smarter, right? Mm -hmm. No, you don't agree. <laughs> Um, I'm thinking that if I mean, we feel the pressure that we need to impress, we need to kind of uh, mm -hmm. give something so we need to the... look smarter. 
Yeah, maybe we can do something like as coaches, we may feel pressure to have all the answers. Because clients pay us. <laughs> or something like that. Okay. Um... Or is that something different? Yeah, I think actually that's different. Because I think there are people who, as therapists and coaches, feel like they need to have all the solutions because they, they're getting paid. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that they're doing it for because they want to... They, they will do that anyway. Like that. They will do that yeah. like yeah. anyway. So this is what I have so far. Okay. As coaches, we love giving advices. We feel that having the right answer makes us look smarter. When you were in school and you see that kid always has an answer, always raises their hand, nobody likes that kid. Not even the teacher. The truth is nobody likes the smartest. Stop trying to impress. It's unimpressive. Okay. Mm, I was thinking only about the beginning. Mm -hmm. So, um, it looks like there is a pressure to kind of prove your yourself to to the client, to prove your credibility. So this is why they give advices, not because they love to give advices. It's more of a pressure to uh, prove their expertise. So maybe as coaches, we we feel that we need to prove our expertise. Mm -hmm. Something like that? Yeah, so... Um, so you purposely excluded therapists? Yeah, I mean, I could, I guess we can say a therapist. Um, I would just, uh, twisted uh, as therapists we feel that we need to prove our expertise so we love giving advices as therapists we feel the need to prove our expertise so we I would say, so we love giving advices even though we know we shouldn't. Is it good to say? We know we shouldn't. We. I'm trying to tie the advice to, because right now we're using advice here, but answer here, right? Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if we say answer so we love giving answers 
I mean, that could still work too. Mm -hmm. So I go here is to like, cause it, it, it can see when, when I work on carousels, it can kind of get distracting to a point where I was trying to talk about this point, but it, it starts to slowly go into this point, right? Where we, and then now I want to say, oh yeah, we shouldn't give advice because most people are not good at just taking advice or taking answers. They have to reach the conclusion for themselves or something like that. Mm -hmm. like, we might get sidetracked. So we want to make sure that we don't go there. We know that for this, the whole point is that we want to show them that how stupid that looks. Mm -hmm. right? Okay. What was your point uh, when what what you said like the sidetrack about advices? Your mind went to what place? Say that again. You just said uh, that you were thinking about. Um, actually advices and that people don't take advices oh yeah like we might be tempted to hear say the reason why you shouldn't give answers okay is because most people don't are not going to act on those advices unless they came up with the answer on their own right oh, that's okay. why we shouldn't as therapists we shouldn't give the answers we should help them reach the answer themselves but that's a different lesson. That's a different, do you know what I mean? Yes. Like we're assuming that they already know that, right? But they're doing it anyway. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's what we should say. Like here, uh, we should say something like as, as therapists, we know we shouldn't give our clients the answers. Okay. We should guide them to reach their own. I like that. But we can't help ourselves. <laughs> mm. Because we want to prove our expertise. This is good. This is the best so far. At least for my... Uh, well-being when I look at the carousel. And the <laughs> <laughs> you for your well-being. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but remember when... But, so, okay, let's... Let me open this and like, I think we can... Uh, awesome. We can go to uh, Figma now. Yay! Where's my Figma? Okay. You see my screen? Do you see my screen now? Yes. You see Figma? Okay. Yes, yes. So this is Figma. I'm gonna do new design file. So Fig Figma works kinda a lot like Illustrator or um or like you know Photoshop or something where this is this is the whole thing. And you can create like um you can create frames like each frame is like its own canvas so this is like its own slide right okay and just so you know well for instagram carousel it's going to be 1080 by 1350 
Yeah, I know that. Okay. So this is a 1080. Let me see if I could. Oh. Everything's so small, huh? So it's, as you can see, 1080 by 1350, right? Mm -hmm. So what I would do is I would, you know, if you hold down the option button, by the way, okay. this is a design shortcut. If you hold down the option button mm -hmm. and then you drag anything, it duplicates it. Awesome. Do you know what I mean? And that works with anything. Like, let's say I write something here. I wrote this mm -hmm. and if I hold down the option button and then drag it, it's going to duplicate it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's across every design software. Okay. okay. Did you purposely use inter font or this is the first one that came? It just, it's what, it's what it gave me. Okay. Because I used that one, but on bolded. Bold. Okay. Like that? Yes. Okay. So the first slide was as therapist. Okay. So you see what happened there? Mm -hmm. So what you want to do, because this is just one line, what you want to do is you want to adjust it like that. Okay. So that, um, you know, mm -hmm. so that whatever you write, it'll, it'll, it'll just, it'll wrap it like that. Okay. that it'll, it won't go on forever. Like, so, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to make the width of this. So you know how it's like 1080? I said mm -hmm. it's 1080 by 1350. Yes. So let's say I want to give 50 pixel and 50 pixel padding on left and right, right? So that's 100 pixels total. Okay. So what I want to do is the whole width is 1080. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make the make this box 980. Oh, you know what I, mean? I see. Because now, if, and then if I center it, that means there's, there's 50 pixels here and 50 pixels here. Okay. Right? That's enough. But you can see how it's... Yeah, it's kind of sounds like uh, it's pressing. It's uh, pressing that uh, the text. It's still too big, right? So we want yeah. a little, even more padding. So let's, let's try 880, right? Awesome. Kind of like that. Awesome. But I think I, I even want—I I want even more space than that. So I'm going to do okay. 780. Right. Okay. So basically, that means that on on both sides, we have so 780. We have 150 pixel on the left and 150 pixel on the right padding. Okay. Right? Okay. And um, how big font? What font? Uh, how large font do you? recommend however you want but you see here mm -hmm. i'm on align middle you see that you can align yes. top middle or bottom right would Compared you like that box. for every part for every yeah so this way then i could just do it like this and i could, remember i'm holding the option and i'm copying and pasting here yeah you see that you okay. see what i did there yeah or you can just here you can copy like command c and go to this print and command v Okay. Awesome. Okay. Now let me actually go ahead and copy these frames. Mm 
Mm -hmm. So all 10, right? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, now I have 10 slides, right? Yeah, just for people to know that Figma is free to use. So no, no yeah. money to spend on this program. Yeah. So I tell you this, by holding the option button, when you select something and you hold the option and you drag something, mm -hmm. it makes a duplicate of that. It makes a copy of that. I told you that, right? Yeah. Like yeah. copy. Yeah. So option, that's the reason why I said that is that's a, that's a shortcut that's really important. The option and duplicating, you're going to end up using it a lot. Okay. Another one that's important is command minus, which is zoom out, command plus, which is zoom in. Oh, okay. okay. Zoom out, okay. zoom in. Like, okay. otherwise, you have to keep going here, wherever the zoom is. I see. And you have to keep doing that, right? Like, you have to, you know, oh, you have to go here. And you have to zoom in, right? You have to okay. go here. I see. Zoom in. Like that's I see. this I way see. too long. So look. Minus plus. Minus plus. Next is when you hold down the space key, you see my hand changes. Do you mm -hmm. see that? Mm -hmm. When I hold the space, it changes from arrow to that. Okay. When you hold down the space and drag, now you can drag the canvas like this. Okay. Right? Is that in every program, so, in Illustrator, in Photoshop? It's as well? every design. Yeah, that's why when you when you're a designer, you learn one software. To learn the next software, it becomes super easy because all the shortcuts are pretty much the same, right? So, remember, option, drag, option, drag, right? Mm -hmm. Zoom in, <laughs> and then hit space too. You see? I wrote that down on my paper just for the record okay. that we need to put this on my wall. Okay. So so now I can zoom out to see all 10 and I can zoom into specific slide as therapist, right? Okay. And then I'm going to copy the rest. So I'm going to copy the second one. Next. Third one. Next. These are just I'm just copying the lines that we have from. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm uh, just I'm just wondering one thing: if you, for example, didn't find the right font, uh, is there a way to add a font? Font into here. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. I, I guess it's, these are all the fonts that they already have. Okay. Is there a way to add a font? I'm not sure. Yeah, that I'm going to have to look up. <laughs> like how to add fonts in. I mean, you know, like I'm not like a huge, I don't go crazy with fonts. What you will realize is um, um, I like sticking with classic fonts. Mm -hmm. So there's a designer named um, Massimo Bignelli. <laughs> Have you heard of him? No. Massimo. So, ma yeah. Massimo Big. Let me show you real quick. So, Massimo Bignelli is a designer. Um, and if you look at his designs, 
-hmm. He only uses five fonts in all of his designs. And like he did the New York City subway. So this is all Helvetica. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can like that. That's Helvetica. Um, That's Helvetica. He he also, this is Helvetica. This conversation does continue here, but only for our Night Audition members. If you'd like to hear the full conversation, click the link in the description and join us at nightallnation.com.